SEO This Week, episode number 17. Thank you for joining us. We are also simulcasting this on Periscope, which is pretty cool. We were thinking about uh, Instagram Live. However, comma, it, it doesn't save the videos. So uh, you can watch it live on Instagram and then it's gone, which, you know, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll try that out maybe next week. Excuse me. <coughs> okay, so episode this week, uh, SEO this week, episode number 17. We're going to cover 2017 strategies, uh, HTTPS, and some design terms, and a whole lot more. So without further ado, let's get started. Our first site is the good old Moz and Rand Fishkin, and the... Uh, it's crafting our how to craft a strategy for 2017. It's whiteboard video, not actually not very long. It's pretty good though. Uh, basically, it goes into uh, step one is the bitch big picture for search trends, uh, features, instant answers, uh, intent behind keywords, etc., and how to better leverage those. And then the uh, Content goes on to mapping your top-level goals for what you want to do. So, for instance, let's say you're running a local business and you need more sales and leads. So that would be your one of your first top-level goals is to get more leads. And then you underline using a mind map system how or what you want to accomplish in order to do that. So what does it lead to you? Is it more phone calls? Is it more emails? And then if so, what kind of content do you need to generate those phone calls and emails? And then finally, step three is actually going on and building your editorial content uh, and your content calendar using the keywords that you choose. Unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get away from keywords solely as a means for marketing. You need keywords for pay-per-click. You need keywords for interests uh, in uh pay-per-click in Facebook, for example. You even need them in Instagram and their payment schedules. So uh, I think keywords are going to be here to stay and you're going to need to just continue to evolve with that in 2017 and learning to figure out what the difference between a regular keyword is and then say a keyword with buyer intent versus a traffic keyword, uh, if, which is more informational stuff. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, uh, this video is not very long. You can read it and kind of give you a general overview, get some good ideas uh, for this year. Uh, next, we go on to uh, Search Engine Journal. Their, their post is entitled HTTPS, and now it's required for Chrome. So basically what that means is if you have a website now uh, and that you ask for passwords or credit card information, and my guess is it's going to go into more if you're actually even having forms on on your site. You're going to need to use HTTPS, uh, and the good part about this is that they have Let's Encrypt now, and you can get these certificates for free. Uh, so really, there's no excuse why you should not be using one. Uh, and then, uh, honestly. I think everyone can use it. I saw a benefit from using them uh, on our sites, and we got a boost in rankings. Uh, however, you know, as as things go on, I think it's going to be more and more required just from everybody to have it. So, uh, I'd say go ahead and knock it out now. If you're an e-com store, you're going to need something way more expensive than the general Let's Encrypt one. You're going to need the one with the that gives you the 
the badges, uh, the security badges, and all that other stuff on your site. And that's just a trust factor thing that people are looking for now, especially with all the stories on the news about hacking and stuff. Uh, and the various, you know, they stole my information things that were getting notified, like, i.e. the billion accounts from Yahoo that happened months ago, and then all of a sudden now they want to tell us about it, so that kind of stuff. So, uh HTTPS, I think you should go ahead and just go ahead and secure your websites and be on the safe side. Next, we're going to go over to Kissmetrics blog. It's uh, four design terms that every marketer needs to know. Basically, what this does is it doesn't give you a whole lot of actionable information, but it gives you some information that you probably should want to learn. Uh, basically, like what visual communication is, uh, what visual storytelling is, uh, information visualization and visual campaigns so to put this in layman's terms if you are creating such things as infographics uh, videos or if you know what business intelligence is and a visual visualization of data uh, people are actually looking for that a lot more and it's easier to digest on the internet versus reading a, a long blog post not to say to skip doing long blog posts and just making infographics uh, that won't work for you, but if you implement uh, some of the visual storytelling features uh, into your marketing, it actually help you out. And you, if anything, you get more shares uh, for your visualizations uh, at the worst, and then at the very best, you can get some more opt-ins out of uh, the the added work. One thing uh, I like to suggest is, let's say you're going to write a blog post, or you already have a bunch of them. Go ahead and turn those blog posts into uh, visualizations via, via video or let's say you made a list of some kind. Turn that into infographics. They're really easy. There's plenty of free templates on the internet to do it for you. Or, or you can pay someone five bucks and have them you know, just create a little tiny one for you. They don't have to be complex. Uh, you can even share them on Instagram. Everyone knows how big or small your images on Instagram have to be. Uh, you know, create some some memes and stuff like that. Those are all visual communication that will help you out. Uh, next, we go into how to use Instagram Live. As I said, when I started this, we're doing this on Periscope. We're doing Periscope Live. And one of the things that I saw with Instagram Live instantly, and the reason why we're not doing our live broadcast on Instagram, is that Instagram Live doesn't save it at all. So they can, people will watch you live and then it's gone forever uh, into the reaches of internet space. So I'm not really keen on that. I think if I'm going to put the work in and have the content, at least my followers should be able to see it for some period of time. Uh, but it's interesting nonetheless. I think this is going to be a really good competitor for Periscope. Uh, however, I don't know how smart it is for Facebook to do it considering they just launched Facebook Live. Uh, and now they have Instagram Live. Uh, what are they trying to uh, accomplish here? Uh, but we'll see how it goes. In the end, this post is actually pretty good. Just kind of tell you what to do, um, how to get started, how to promote it. From what I saw when we were looking at uh, researching it for today's broadcast was um, you get your followers. All your followers are notified that you're live. You do your live broadcast. If they come, great. If they don't, well, then they miss out. So uh, the benefit to me would be for small businesses to have a lot of followers uh, and then stay consistent with their shows and then play with around the times and see 
uh, let's say if I do a broadcast at 10 a.m., do I get more people watching versus if I do it at 6 p.m., that kind of thing. So Next, we go to SEO by the Sea. This is kind of a, a nerdy, heady thing, but basically what it's entitled Google tracking how uh, busy places are by looking at the location histories. If you don't remember in the news, the last couple of weeks, Uber has been getting a lot of flack because they were leaving their location tracking on uh, beyond your ride. So your person, your Uber would drop you off and then they track your location for five minutes and everyone was all up in arms because they were tracking you. Google's gone one step further and they're tracking you all the time. So let's say you're going on a shopping spree, you're walking around a mall and you walk into four or five different stores. Google is following you around to see how busy the stores are. And then they're saying that they're not, that's, you know, for the benefit and they're not tracking your personal uh, information, etc. But Google has a lot, I mean, a crap ton of your personal information. Uh, and then they tie that up together with where you're going and then they use that for the universal search results and now they're updating mobile so i think maybe someone needs to be watching google and saying hey why are you tracking uh, us so much great it's great for business owners we get to say how busy our business is look how we're you know we're good uh, google's ranking us more because uh, we're busier uh, however, in the end, I don't, as a user, as an end user, uh, I'd be a little bit worried about that. Um, as a marketer, I kind of understand the purposes of it, but as an end user, a layman who's not in the marketing, um, just be aware that Google's kind of following you around a little bit. Uh, the next site is called Practical E-Commerce. It's actually a pretty good one. It's, uh, it talks about influencer marketing. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. Um. Hi, and then uh, basically what it means is you build a, like a, a blogger program or one of the methods is to build a blogger program. Basically what that means is you create a system where you can outreach to people and, um, and, and talk to get them to talk about your business on their blogs. Uh, you can pay for them to do it or you can kind of build a, a brand and get your brand advocates to do it. Um, but basically, that's what the blogger program is. And then you can do influencer platforms, i.e. Uh, there's a couple sites out there that will connect you uh, with people who are willing to talk about and promote businesses uh, in exchange for money. And then the final one is tapping into your customers. This is the one I like the best because one, it's free, and two, these are your brand advocates. If you're treating your customers right, they're going to talk about you on Facebook. They're going to talk to you about on their websites if they have them. Uh, so why not reach out to them and ask for the referrals, uh, etc. in that way. I think that's a pretty cool idea. The... Next one is from uh, searchenginepeople.com. This is a new one on us. Our, we never, I have never seen this site, so that's pretty good information uh, on here beyond what we're going to go into. But this one, this topic is how to identify cold, warm, and hot leads on uh, Twitter. And basically, what that means is you can go ahead and find like. There's a lot of ways to, to generate leads, as you know. You can generate traffic to your website, uh, pay-per-click ads, etc. But if you already have a Twitter account, you can manage that and go into Twitter and kind of look and find these people that are looking for information. And basically, it's through using a um, search 
queries, i.e. people that are searching for, hey, I need help with this, or I'm looking for advice on, uh, and then whatever your topic is. And then you kind of move them into your process and talk to them uh, a whole lot more as you go, uh, as you build on. There's actually seven steps to their system. It's actually, it's pretty cool. And we're going to actually test this out ourselves. What we're going to do is take our... Um, from a couple episodes ago, uh, if you're on Periscope, you don't know about this, but a couple episodes ago, we talked about uh, using a 14-day uh, test calendar on Twitter. So basically, you take 14 blog posts. For each blog post, you make 14 tweets, and then you send those out over a 7- or 14-day period. And when we combine that with this here is of identifying the leads, we might actually get some decent clientele out of it. Uh, if anything, we're going to get some website traffic. So it'll be pretty cool. Uh, and we'll teach everyone how to, we did that on the uh, blog down the road. Now we're going back to uh, practical e-commerce. This is some back-end fixes to increase page speed. Uh, if you don't know, we have a page speed optimization service. It's actually pretty good, uh, if I do say so myself. Um, but basically, what this is talking about is the back-end stuff, i.e. the server fixes. Now, typically, uh, small businesses, etc., don't have access to servers, which is why we don't offer this part of the uh, PageSpeed optimization stuff, because most businesses are not going to have their own servers. So, so uh, I don't know how applicable this will be but maybe you can read this get some ideas and have some questions for your hosting provider again if you're on a shared host don't even bother if um, and the best bet is if you're using it like a virtual private server or a dedicated server these would be some things for you to check out the biggest thing i would like to point out though you skip all the way to the bottom is caching uh, especially if you're on WordPress, you can implement caching all on your own, or if anything, you just find out what caching is. So again, you can talk to your host uh, provider and see if they're offering it. Uh, if you're on a managed site like a WP Engine, uh, those kind of host providers, then you probably have some caching going on already. Uh, let's see, the next site is called localvisibilitysystem.com and the topic is should you copy and paste your online reviews to your site. This is actually keeps coming back and forth. Um, it's new now because it used to be you could use schema which basically gives us those cool little review stars in the search results. Uh, to uh, and use the reviews from let's say Google Plus or Facebook and Yelp and kind of add them all together before this is what you know what we were all doing and then make your stars well now the terms of service have been more strictly enforced which basically means that you have to collect the reviews on your website in order to use those stars so which left a lot of people with, well, what do I do with the reviews on my Google Plus page, my Facebook page, and my Yelp? Well, now you, it's a lot of different options. You can take pictures of them and then put them on the images on there, or you can copy-paste the exact thing and put that on there and write, you know, this is a review from Tim on Google Plus, and then write it out. Uh, so... I think it's it's okay to do it as long as you just point the where the review is at. So don't just write it out again and just kind of leave it there. It's that kind of 
brings the the trustworthiness of it out i would actually put underneath it just source and then a link so they can go right and see the rest of your reviews that are already on there too so you pick like let's say you have three sites that are collecting reviews yelp google and uh, facebook and then pick the top 10 assuming that you have that many from each of those and then link to the source at the bottom of that set of 10 uh, and that way all of your reviews are signed and your accounts are interlinked which is pretty good too that's kind of boost up your seo uh, just a little bit probably insignificantly enough but uh, it could still help you at some point now next we look at the search engine journal and this is our last blog post for this week and it's top 16 websites for finding perfect gifts and memes as everyone knows uh, a gif you know just a moving image you know that's the gif and then you have the memes those are really shared a lot on uh, especially on facebook uh and then i am gur uh, Reddit will get you a lot of traffic if you can create some original memes. Sometimes it's hard though, uh, in finding something that's just that's gonna that's gonna pop. So you can go to these sites that offer and share them, uh, download those, and then share them on your accounts uh, and linking to your website. Or you can even put them on your website and share from your website, giving your readers an opportunity to do it. It's pretty cool. It doesn't give you, it gives you traffic, but it doesn't really necessarily give you converting traffic. Uh, so it's harder to find something that will convert in the image format unless you're doing specific things. I eat an image of rose petals and flowers and a coffee cup in a hand. Starbucks did that tells a story without words and then they gained a lot of traffic and branding from Instagram etc from doing it so uh, pretty interesting and but again there's uh, let's see 10 12 14 16 different sites where you can get some memes and stuff if anything you get some meme ideas and you can make some pictures for your Instagram account uh, I and I am Gur and perhaps Reddit and it's just boost your traffic up it's don't expect a lot in way of sales from it but you know it makes you feel good to know that your marketing is working and if you get one sale out of a free meme then pay hey, it's it's paid for itself right all right that's it that's the uh this has been episode 17 of seo this week presented by olympia seo my name is clint butler and thank you for watching on periscope facebook and youtube and i hope you have a great week